This is the Silver Wolf Howl. I am Angela and in our What's New slot for the month, we'll be talking about protection orders. I have Noel with me today and um, he's going to be telling us a little bit more about our service regarding protection orders and just a little bit more about protection orders in general as well. So hello Noel and um, thanks for joining me today. Well, hello to the listeners um, and to you, Angela. Yes, I'm looking forward to this topic very much. Our What's New slot covers new services that we've added to our list of services um, in Silver Wolf. And the protection order is our latest one. And we've been getting lots of positive feedback around this new service that we've added I think let's start with the general question of what is a protection order? Protection order is an order of court that is designed to protect anybody from anybody else within this country who is being harassed or abused or in any way having their rights infringed upon by anybody else. Let's quickly cover a little bit about the history of protection orders in South Africa. So the first type of protection order came out when the so-called Family Violence Act was brought into being back in 1992. And these orders were then not called protection orders. They were called Family Violence Interdicts. Uh, One applied for them in a very similar way to what you do now. And mostly they were the same sort of thing. The only difference is that at that time they were limited to family members only because they were designed around spousal abuse and parental abuse. Um, Or you could even get a family violence interdict if, for example, your son was on drugs and was abusing you as a parent. These family violence interdicts did much the same thing as what the present protection orders would do in terms of keeping the person away from you and making it a criminal offence for them to break any of the provisions of the order. Right. So now, who can get a protection order and where can they get one? Simple answer to the first part of that question is anyone. Anyone who is having their rights infringed upon by an abuser, a stalker, a spouse, a literally anybody. Human rights are basic in this country and they are recognized in very formal ways. And anybody who is breaking or infringing upon those rights can be prosecuted. And you do it by first obtaining a protection order against them. And if they break the terms of of that protection order, then they get criminally prosecuted. As far as where you can get it is concerned, you can either apply for it through your attorneys who get it through the local magistrate's court or even the high court, depending on the certain circumstances. But for the most part, you can simply walk into your local magistrate's court and have the clerks of the court do one for you. However, it is advisable to have somebody who is supporting you and who is assisting you in how to make the application because the clerks of the court are not unfortunately as well 
trained and as well experienced as possibly we would like them to be. Okay, so how does Silver Wolf fit into this whole picture? Um, where does the protection order and Silver Wolf services meet? The bottom line is that Silver Wolf are experts in the process around protection orders. So the service that we offer is to go to people's homes or elsewhere if the homes are not safe, to meet with them and to fill out the forms for them and to submit those forms. So they don't necessarily have to do all of that running around and also so that they have somebody doing the forms who actually knows what's best to put in there and how best to word it to get the best kind of court order with the best terms. I have to underline though that that there are things that we are not and there are some people who expect these things of us. Number one is we are not bodyguards. We are not there to physically protect the person from their abuser. We do have another company that partners with us uh, that does supply bodyguards and if you as the client wish to make use of their services we'll introduce you to them and their bill will be for your account. The other thing that we are not is attorneys. So we are not there to give legal advice. We can advise on the process to be followed and what best, how best to approach the process and we do the filling in of the forms and the submission for you. But we cannot as such offer legal advice. How effective are these protection orders and how does it protect that individual? What are the the rules or how is it effective practically? A protection order is very much what you make it. The more you put into the protection order, the more you put into your application um, and the more you ask for, the more gets granted to you by the magistrate and therefore the more effective the, the order is. An example of this would be if you asked the magistrate to have the person removed from living in your house, if you asked the magistrate to put a clause in the protection order saying that he has to stay more than 250 meters away from your home and your work address, those things make the order more effective. Those things also make it easier for the police to prosecute somebody that breaks the terms of the order. So the more detail you put in there, the easier it is to prosecute the person. What are the parameters around these protection orders? For example, if I have one and it states in there that he's not allowed to be within 100 meters of me, for argument's sake, and he invades that space or he comes in within 100 meters of me, what happens? What do I do? All of that starts before the person starts breaking any of the terms of the order. It starts when you receive the order. You need to go to your local police station and brief them on the fact that you have a court order, give them a copy of the court order, and inform them as to what the terms of the court order are, and then request their their backup, request their protection based on the court order. 
If the person breaks any term of the court order, it's a criminal offence. So the police need to be informed beforehand. They also will give you the cell phone number of their local patrol van. So immediately something goes wrong. You can call that patrol van and that person will then be arrested. They won't just be warned. It's a criminal offence to do what they are doing. And whatever it is, they're breaking the court order, they must be prosecuted. The other thing that you can do is inform your local armed response company. They too can provide backup for you and assistance, especially in the instance where the person uh, where the person's abuse is of a violent nature. So you have a lot of backup and you have a lot of options once you have such an order in place. I'm interested to know, do people lie? So I'm just vindictive or I just want to get back at you for something, you know, bad breakup or whatever. And I go and get this prediction order claiming all sorts of things. Could I get one just, you know, from my claims? Or is there some kind of check um, to make sure that what I'm saying is actually true and it's not just some innocent person who maybe just rejected me or, or something like that that happens. Um, does that happen and how does it work? Unfortunately, it just isn't possible for the court to do a preliminary investigation like that. They simply don't have the manpower. So, yes, a lot of lies happen and there have been a lot of court orders that have been issued based on lies. However, where the lies normally come out is in the hearing that happens, what they call the return date, which happens a few days after the application is made. Generally, the lies come out there, and generally the magistrate will then withdraw the, the uh, or negate the application just scratch it off the roll. But in extreme cases, the person who lied in their application for the order can get prosecuted themselves. Maybe just clarify a little bit more regarding the return date. So if I put in a protection order application and um, you get this return date, does it mean that this person gets notified and then they have to come and appear in court before the actual prediction order is issued? There are two different scenarios. Where there is no immediate physical danger, they will generally not issue what they call an urgent interdict, an urgent interim protection order is the other word for it, which means that Yes, they will then wait for that hearing before issuing an order of any kind. And that hearing is in order for the other person to have their rights respected. They have a right to defense. They have a right to speak for themselves to the magistrate. They have a right to stand up and face their accuser, as they put it in law. So... In many cases where there is no absolute urgency in terms of danger to health and life and limb, they will do that. The court will do that. Where there is immediate danger to life and limb, the court will issue an urgent interim order, 
which is issued instantaneously and will be in place until that hearing can take place several days later. What would make the urgency uh, feasible? What would the court need to um, justify that this is uh, urgent and that life and limb is at stake, as you say? What, would the applicant need to provide some kind of evidence, like, for example, previous uh, police um, cases or re- police reports or something like that that had happened? Or does the court just take them at their word for it at that instance and then they verify it later at uh, the return date hearing at the court um, hearing? I'm just thinking in instances where somebody could maybe you know, exaggerate a situation and make it seem like it is a matter of urgency when they really just trying to be a bit spiteful, um, if I could put it that way. It is always preferable to have some kind of proof, but in the case of urgency, in the case of where the person is claiming immediate and urgent uh, danger to their physical bodies or their children's uh, uh, to their children's person, that kind of thing, the court will generally issue that interim order, remembering that five or six or seven days down the line, the other person will still get a chance to defend themselves. Uh, remembering that this in itself is not a criminal accusation that's being made against the person. It's simply an application for protection against that person, against potential violence. So they'll issue an interim order. They will often issue it simply on the word of the applicant. But the case will be proved or disproved days later in the hearing in any case. So is there a danger of somebody making a false claim and saying that this is an urgent situation, the court grants them this urgent interim interdict? or protection order, and um, the other person comes home from work, for example, that day, and obviously that violates this protection order, that person could then get arrested because they are then, because then they would have violated um, the court order without knowing that um, such a thing exists and that there's something like that against them. Is that something that could happen? Only if there has been a loophole or a slip-up somewhere. The actual law is that the person has to have been served with the protection order before it is in fact in full effect. Ah, okay. So that person would be aware of the fact that there has been an urgent um, interim protection order that has been granted against me and that person wouldn't then just mindlessly have walked into a situation that violates that protection order. Yes, absolutely. Remembering, always remembering that both parties have rights. Both parties have legal rights. Both parties have the right to representation. They have the right to protection. They have a right to protection of their of their reputation and all of that type of thing. Um, so that has to be looked after by the court which means if you were not aware that an order has been issued against you, then essentially you cannot be accused of a crime. 
Okay, so then what evidence is there to prove that I was aware that um, this court order was granted against me and I just chose to ignore it and, you know, went to go and violate the, the stipulations of that court order. And now I'm just basically pretending, you know, claiming innocence that I didn't know about this court order. So is there something that I would have to sign for or something like that? So the court order will be served by one of two parties, either a police officer or a sheriff of the court. The sheriff of the court issues what is called a return of service, which is a report that is prima facie evidence in any court hearing that the, that the documents have been served on the person involved. Uh, the police will do it with an affidavit or a police report to say that it's been served. And generally, they will ask you to sign for it. If you refuse to sign for it, they'll still serve it on you. It'll still be classified as served but they will have a record of the service having been affected. That is reassuring. Okay. So if I need a protection order, and I know that Silverwolf has the service, but I don't have a clue of what to do or where to go next or what my first steps are, what do I do? Can you maybe just um, talk me through what step one would be or what the process would be for me to put in this application and get this protection order issued? So basically, you would give us a call. You would tell us what the situation is on the phone. We will make an appointment to come out and see you. We will first ask you what the situation is at home. Can we come to your home right now, for example? Um, is the Is the abuser there? We will not come to you where there is immediate danger because we will not put our staff members in a dangerous situation it isn't going to help you as the client or us and it would just complicate the situation so we would arrange to meet you at a convenient place at a convenient time and we will sit you down have a formal meeting with you where we will go through the application forms literally paragraph by paragraph question by question and we will fill everything in in the correct way. This is like any other application to any government department, if you if you like. If you leave things out, you lessen the chance of getting your court order. So our expertise is in doing the actual application and the forms properly. Once we have done with that meeting, we will then submit the forms for you. There will be one of two scenarios there. If there is urgency, i.e. you are in immediate physical danger from your abuser, then you will need to go to the court yourself and take that application in with you and go through, the pro go through that process with the clerks, in which case we will brief you on what to say and how to say it and where to be and all of that. If there is no immediate urgency, then we will submit the application electronically to the court. And you will then be informed of when the return date is, and you will just you will simply attend at the return date at the, the given court at the given time. And what would um, then follow that? That is Silverwolf's full involvement. But what follows that for you 
is attending that court date and making sure when you do that you have all the evidence with you of the abuse. So you need to prove at that court date that you have been abused and that the person is a danger to you, that the person is harassing you. That's the time when you need to have all the proof with you, even more importantly than when, when you make the initial application. And how long would a protection order be in effect? Um, does it expire at some point or um, does it just go on perpetually? What are the, the time frames around a, a protection order? The answer is indefinitely until you withdraw it or until the so-called abuser, the accused, if you want to put it that way, um, brings an application to have it withdrawn based on fresh evidence that he might bring or something like that. But other than that, it stays in place indefinitely. I see. Okay, so it's not something that I would have to go and renew after two or six months or something like that? No, it is not. How does the court system work or the jurisdiction of courts work? If I, for example, enlisted the services of Silver Wolf, what, which court would I need to go to? Would I need to go to the one closest to me or the one closest to the person I'm taking the protection order out against if they live in a different area, for example? So whether or not you've enlisted Silver Wolf or the help of anybody else for that matter, you have to go to your local magistrate's court, the magistrate's court that has jurisdiction over your home. That would be the court that has jurisdiction over you and over this matter, regardless of whether the abuser resides within that court's jurisdiction or not. I see. Okay, so then... The order would then be sent to the area of where the person, uh, the perpetrator lives and be served by either the police or the sheriff in that area um, where that person lives. Yes, it, it gets sent to that person's local police station in the jurisdiction that they live or work, or it can be sent to the sheriff of the court for that jurisdiction but it will be served on that person in that area by the necessary official. That makes sense. Well, I think we have covered everything that, um, well, I hope we have covered everything that we could possibly cover um, regarding these protection orders and Silver Wolf's involvement in um, helping to assist applicants in getting these protection orders issued. So thanks for joining me again today. It's a great pleasure. And I just want to leave you with this. Just remember that a protection order is in itself not a prosecution. It is simply an order that orders the person to leave you alone. So a prosecution will only come if you lay charges pursuant to that person breaking the terms of the order. And with that, I say have a good day. Cheers to all the listeners and to you, Angela.